The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to another edition of G. Cobb in the House. I'm Micah Warren, along with Jason Ashworth, and, of course, Mr. G. Cobb. What's happening, guys? How you doing? You all, is everyone upset about no football this weekend, or are you kind of glad for the break? I don't know what you're talking about. There's Sixers and Grizzlies tonight. Hold the man. All right. right. (laughs) Well, look, we'll get into everything. We've got a lot of talk about with the Eagles. Uh, Obviously, we've got the Super Bowl coming up, uh, so we'll get into all that. Um, First, let's talk about the Eagles, because their coaching situation is, to say it's up in the air, I guess, is a little bit of an understatement. They uh, they got rid of McDermott, obviously, who found a job, what, the next day uh, in Carolina. And the Eagles still don't have a defensive coordinator. Um, they're without a linebackers coach and secondary coach, correct? Am I missing anybody else? Uh, that's it. Yeah. That's the deal. So, so I guess we're all waiting to see what the Eagles' plan is here because there was a lot of names thrown around. Was it going to be Jim Moore? Then he said no. Um, it, it, was it Dennis Allen who they, who they brought in? Uh, gee, did we ever find out if – he was, what they were interviewing him for. Were they looking at him as a possible secondary coach? Because we heard that also. Well, well, you couldn't give him the secondary job because that's not that's not just a um, you know they lateral they deny move. that because um, it's not a promotion. See, that's just a lateral move. So, uh, I mean, really, if you think about it, I mean, you, you're playing with uh, Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints who have won a Super Bowl. Are you going to go to the Eagles for the same position? Probably not. Yeah, they you offer know. you some more money. That probably won't happen. Uh, yeah, but, now, are you, are you guys concerned that they haven't found a defensive coordinator? Or are you confident they have some kind of a plan? I know there's two remaining teams. They talked about uh, Darren Perry. Um, we don't know a lot about these guys as far as being coordinators. Uh, does it concern you that you, you're, you're bringing someone in for a promotion to defensive coordinator that's never done it before? Because, I mean, essentially, didn't they just do that with McDermott? Well, I, I, mean, know, I, think, that, I think that in a way, to me, uh, you know, it's who knows? I mean, I can't say I know, and you know, but maybe one of you guys knows what's going on. But you know, everybody I talk to, it's like they've been keeping this thing secret, and uh, I, I think we'll know in the end whether they didn't know what they were doing. But right now, I, I couldn't make a call. Yeah, yeah. I'm confused. Uh, and that's the only way that I can put it. I mean, I think we're all in the dark, and it's no surprise. I mean, in all reality, the Eagles pretty much do their business behind closed doors, and you know, it's not like they're always letting people know who they're targeting or what their plans are. So this isn't anything new uh, for the Eagles. But for it to be a coaching position, and in all reality, multiple coaching positions, um, I mean, I guess the easy <laughs> the easy answer, which we've all pretty much said already, all right, so it's obviously somebody from one of the two teams remaining, or at least it better be, because uh, I would hate to think <laughs> yeah, that. What if it isn't? It's not going to be LeBeau. What's that? 
It's not going to be LeBeau. No. No. It, it, so, I mean, look, any, your guess is as good as mine. When I heard the news today about Darren Perry, um, it was it was one of those, oh, okay, well, I mean, at least that they know who they're targeting. I mean, John Clayton said Reed said the job's already closed. So, I mean, if you believe what John Clayton says, fair enough. Um, so that just says, all right, they have their guy, and they're just waiting for him to wrap up the Super Bowl, whether it's from the Steelers or Packers, I don't know. Now, whether right. Perry's the right guy or not, I don't know. Wasn't the whole point to bring in somebody with experience? Wasn't the but, whole but point? See, I mean, to me, gee, I, I, I thought Clayton was a little off a little off base because he's he's saying that, you know, uh, that Fisher's Fish is going to be interested in the job. I mean, he's just throwing it out there. And, of course, you know, that's shot down. But for him to just throw it out there as if Jeff Fisher is going to be the defensive coordinator for the Eagles uh, when he's, he was making like almost six, six, $6 million, and you know he's not going to get that money from the Eagles. He's going to get right. paid anyway. And then the guy comes out clearly today and says, hey, I am tired. Yeah. I'm not taking any job. So, John Clayton just got shot between the eyes, uh, and, and, you know, he, he, looked, he looked bad. So for him to continue with it, I think he's out of the loop, and he try, he's trying to pretend like he's in the loop. Oh, he very well could be. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He very well could be out of the loop. I mean, I guess I'm just, I'm just confused. I'm just shocked like everybody else. I mean, if it is, gee, I read your article uh, on Perry, and I think everything you said pretty much hit it on the head. Like, I'm, I'm excited about, uh, I mean, if, in fact, it is this guy. Uh, I, I like what he can do, uh, or what he has done traditionally with DBs. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Namdi Asamoah, and he has a, the ability to uh, to go ahead and transform. He's groomed a couple nice guys, uh, Colin, Tremont, Tremont Williams, and Sam Shields. Well, no, he doesn't. No, Tremont Williams and Sam Shields. Uh, they're giving credit to um, to Whip. This guy uh, Whip, yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy Whip was uh, it was a young uh, deep defensive back coach. Yeah. But, yeah. But see, the but thing he, is, when I look at the Eagles, uh, second, I mean, their staff last year, they really didn't have a corner on there, and that's where they had all the problems with their play of the corners. Right. And they really didn't have a corner on there to work with a guy, and, uh, you know, they got to step it up. But if you look at the resumes, I mean, really, um, uh, what's it, uh, McDermott, he was here the whole time, so I'll give him a break. He did, he did work under Jim Johnson a long time. But Shuey, Seagrass, come on, man. Oh, Seagrass had to go. Those guys had no resume at all. I know. And the thing is, with uh, you mentioned this, G, if they get the right guy, we're probably not going to know for a year and a half to two years if they did get the right guy. Yeah. He's got to have time to come in. They're going to have all – he's got to get some kind of personnel, and let's be honest. One of the reasons I kind of give – not McDermott a pass necessarily, but I give him a break. What was he really working with? I mean, he had a secondary that was depleted. The linebackers are. Oh, I. Uh, gee, was it you that said they haven't had a playmaking linebacker since Willie T? Yeah, that's right. right. And, and you know, and I'll tell you that you know, uh, really, what it says is, you know, they they just went too far. I mean, they, they went so far to where you got a young, inexperienced defensive coordinator. Okay, you got a young, inexperienced linebacker coach. All right, you got a young who. You know, can't coach, defensive line coach. You don't put all that together. Like, come on. And then you, you, you look at your, your – uh, then you got Howie Roseman to go out and get your talent. That's just taking too many chances on too many people that don't have a track record. And if you really plan on doing something, you really shouldn't be doing that. That's really – you know, they just, they just pushed the envelope too far. Well, what concerns me, G, about this, th- th- here's my concern is that 
if they bring in a new defensive coordinator, uh, linebackers coach, secondary coach, obviously, I don't want them to think that solves the problem of not having personnel. Because well, you well, know like, the Eagles would do something. Oh, well, we're good. No, 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 we got new guys coaching now. That does on, not solve let, the problem. Let me ask you this, Micah. And you know me. I'm going to find a way. Uh, I'm going to shape an argument uh, to fit what I believe. Okay. <laughs> you know, I always, you know, I'm going to shape it. Obviously, there's, there, you can argue any side. But let's just look at it this way. So you know I'm high on Albert Hainsworth, and you know I think that the Washburn may be a way for And I've been saying this before they even hired Washburn, that I thought Albert Hainsworth would be a nice fit in this defense, uh, what right. the Eagles did. And then, so they go out and they, and they hire Washburn, and it makes you think, oh, okay, well, there's the avenue for him. And then you look at the top free agent is Nambi Asamoah, and then you had this guy, Perry, who obviously Asamoah has some Pro Bowl seasons with when he was with Oakland. So I think there's some, I just think there's some posturing going on where they're bringing in coaches to attract the players to to give you the personnel that you need, that, that this team needs. They may not get awesome. And they might not, I mean, they may be outbid, whatever it may be, but they also may be putting themselves in the position to say, you know, to attract those players to come to Philadelphia. Again, I know you can argue either way, but that's just the way that I've kind of been following along, looking at who they're hiring and bringing in and trying to transform that into who could they be targeting. And, I, and those two names just keep sticking out to me. I mean, that's a theory. I mean, uh, you know, it could be legitimate. I. I think that um, you know that, that really, if they're not the right coaches, you know, then you're, you're really making a mistake. At the same time, they could be the right coaches, and then you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. Because if you had a motivated, you know, and I've said this, you know, and I've written it, you know, so hey, you got a motivated Albert Hainsworth. He makes everybody better. It's like have a having a dominant center. Uh, a dominant big man who, who's got to be double teamed. All of your your your, your shooters are going to be shooting open because they're going to go down to double team him, and he throws the ball back out. You're shooting an open jump shot. So with with the Hainsworth, he's going to make the linebackers better, okay? Because they got to double team him. They're going like, look, we got to double team this guy. So you, you, if a guy can, and this is what I call the difference maker, a difference maker can get double teamed all the time. Everybody's designed to stop him. He still gets his, but what he right. does is he allows everybody else to get theirs. You know, it's like um, you know, like Kobe Bryant, like Michael Jordan. Look, we're gonna try to stop Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's gonna get his anyway, whenever he wants to. But what he's gonna do is he's opening up the floor for everybody else to get theirs. And when you can get one of those type of players, they're the, they're the difference. They can, and they can do it in championship games and great. You know. And so those are the kind of people that excite me because they change your team. You know, I don't want to, you know, I mean, getting guys that are just players and getting them in the first round and getting everybody all hyped up, come on. I mean, Broderick Bunkley, you know, come on. What uh, happened to Mike him, Jason? Jason? I mean, good I mean, player, but come on, these guys aren't going to. What they're happened not dominant to them? players. Gee, well, I want to know what happened to them. Gee, they, they were not the, always the, this ineffective. The playmakers well, that we do have. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, think of it this way, too. I mean, we're talking about the fact that there's you know, the personnel, no playmakers. Well, in our reality, the one playmaker that we do have, that this team does have, and Asante Samuel has been neutralized. But they've gone mm-hmm. the opposite side to Patterson so uh, so frequently. I think it was 70, 77 times he was targeted. That <laughs> the ball hawk useless. So if you can go yeah. on the other side, whether it be Nami or whoever, but if you can just go on the other side and force the, uh, an offense to at least throw Asante's way a little bit, I mean, I mean, now he's a playmaker again because I thought he was pretty much useless. Not useless, but 
I mean, pretty no, much. No, I know what you're saying, though, Jay, and I agree with you. And Namdi will we'll use him as an example, or someone that that can force you to go play without uh, with Asante, because that's the problem. You can beat Asante, you can, but if you don't have to play with fire, why would you? You know, you can hurt you bad. They have no reason, like you said, no reason to play with Asante. I'm not messing with him. I think they targeted Patterson 77 times this year, as opposed to 30 something for on one game. That is huge. That is a huge yeah. difference. Well, well and going back to what he is very, very obvious. They got a problem over there at the cornerback spot, and uh, you know they they weren't able to take care of that. And this is unfair personnel. Now I'll tell you that, that, that what Howie believes is. See, this is why he's mad at. Um, he's, he was mad, and this is one of the reasons that the McDermott's gone is because they felt McDermott was getting into such a complex defense that Trevard Lindley couldn't get out there to solve their problem over there, see? Right. So, I mean, how, how good is Trevard Lindley? Well, he looks like he's a pretty good athlete. How really good is he? You know, we need to find out. And the thing is, they need to go get some good good, uh, uh, good coach that he's, he's going to be taught by. That's what you've got to have. You've got to get the best of the best, you know. Well, I hope so, but we'll get back to this on the other side. We've got to take a quick break. We will be right back here on GCOB in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You already get the general sports headlines and discussion on TV and radio. Tune in to The Blueprint with Randall Gatewood. Yeah, we'll cover all the general big-name stuff, too, but we go beyond the typical sports radio show to bring you the details you don't get anywhere else. We'll talk about the inspirational stories and the little-known successes. If you want creativity, The Blueprint is the place to be. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Every Monday, tune in after the weekend games for Locker Room Views with Arturo Freeman. It's a sports show that'll keep you talking. We'll go inside the minds and lives of world-class athletes and hear about their views, opinions, and life experiences about the world of sports. Your host, former NFL great Arturo Freeman, present an action-packed hour every single week. Arturo Freeman, Locker Room Views, is live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Here's what's happening this week on Forever Hunting's Trail with Jim and Tran. Andrew Zimmern, host of Bizarre Foods, tracks across Africa's Craig Boddington, and professional walleye angler Tommy Scarless will be our special guest. And we'll be hitting on the trail with a guy whose master bathroom has the words Porta Potty written on the side. We're talking about those guys from Vanderbilt's, your work boot center, Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Gary Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. 
And we are back here. G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren along with G Cobb and Jason Ashworth. And G, you mentioned something during the break that I, I, kind of, I do want to mention because there's all this hype, uh, you know, about Jeff Fisher. He got fired, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it really is as though <laughs> they're really talking about, like, it's all, oh, okay, it's the end of an era in the sense he was there for 16 years. He was there when they were the Houston Oilers. He had some success. He, you know, he's a good coach, but you, you'd think that, uh, well, I mean, he's, he's, he's been okay. <laughs> I mean, you can't say, you know, like, he's 20 games over 500 in, in, uh, in 16 years. Okay, 20 games, that means like you're about a game over 500 per year. I mean, so you're 9-7, next year you're 8-8. Eight eight. I mean, you don't like, uh, really, uh, we look at a lot of the coaches, some of them that are unemployed, like, you know, like I, I mentioned Gruden, uh, and there are a number of other coaches who, you know, they got better track record than that, and they're not, they don't have a job. I mean, but the, the people are crying, I'm like, how could they, you know, I'm, I'm looking all over, you know, staying up with the nationally, what everybody's saying. And, uh, you know, the guy, they're in love with the guy. I'm going like, you know, uh, Jeff's a good guy, but, you know, it's not like where he, he did such a great job that he should be immune to getting fired and all these other guys are getting fired uh, for, for, uh, for doing better. <laughs> Especially after 16 years, Jay. Uh, they obviously liked him. They kept him that long. But nobody keeps a job that long. That's incredibly difficult to do. And sometimes it's just time for a change. They've already, uh, Reinfeldt uh, acknowledged that, Vince Young will be cut or traded. Uh, I don't know what you would really get for him. I mean, what, what would the market be for a guy like that? I mean, you know, and I, can, I really don't like. I don't like the way. Uh, I don't think Vince Young. You know, he, he didn't do a good job, and he, he he did act immature and stuff. But Jeff was part of that. Jeff, you know, um, uh, you know, Vince Young apologized some for some behavior. He sent a text, okay, and Jeff goes on the. He gets in front of a camera and goes, "Look, I don't take texts." Whatever. Why, why wouldn't you call the guy and say, hey, look, you want to talk to me, come in here and talk to me face-to-face. But you don't get on, like, that's, let's say, you know, uh, Andy uh, gets into something with Michael Vick. And Michael Vick texts him and says, Coach, hey, look, I'm sorry for what I did. Rather than call the guy and say, look, I'd rather you come into my office and talk to me face-to-face. No, you go get on uh, the, a television and tell everybody and say it that way. That, see, when you do that, that shows me you really don't want to, re- want to re- repair the relationship. What you want to no, do is didn't. try to show the guy up. Fisher did. Oh, I, hey, look, I'm not disagreeing with you, G, but it, that much was clear. At that point, he was done with Vince Young. He would let anybody know that would listen. Yeah, done with yeah, and, and, but, but, but let me say this. Okay. See, I, I see that with a number of guys with Jeff. And I'm going like, well, Jeff, what did you win? I mean, you know, who are you? And, and you know, I, I just I don't know where he's gotten this from, and I don't know wh- why uh, I see that. People are treating him as if he's had the accomplishments of Shanahan. At least Shanahan won two Super Bowls, okay? Right. Say what you want. The guy won two Super Bowls. Jeff has never won anything. He went once. He got beat. He's had six winning seasons out of 16 years. And he had a stable quarterback for a lot of that. I mean, come uh, on. which is a, which is a big thing. That, that, I mean, having McNarrow is you. And also, yeah. we got uh, Bob Cunningham with us now. Bob, you with us? Yeah, I'm here. What's happening, brother? Uh, not a whole lot. What about you? You think? Uh, were you upset to see Jeff Fisher go? Are you are you one of the people that thinks you think really highly of him? Or it was no, I thought they should have gotten rid of Fisher years ago. I mean, he just he looked like an underachiever to me. I mean, you look at the final uh, win loss, one forty two and one forty. 
not real impressive. Looks like he got him to the Super Bowl in '99 and coasted off of that for for years. And then the Eagles fans on Sheikhop.com were saying, "Yeah, well, he got a lot closer to win it than Andy ever did because he was a yard from it." I that mean, you know, I heard. Yeah, well, Andy was three points from it, so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing is, he, they lost. They yeah, lost. I mean. You know, you know, and the thing is, is that I thought he had the talent to to have gotten closer some other times, and he didn't. They went thirteen and three, and then got eliminated in the first game. And one of the reasons is down there in Tennessee, they're not like up here. They're not as demanding as as, as the fans are up here because pro football is kind of new, and it's uh, over a whole state, and it's not. It's just not as much of a, a demand down there. And but but I, I'm sorry, I'm not going to give him a break. And, and, and start worshiping the guy, and the guy never won a Super Bowl. <laughs> no, and I'll tell you what, though, in response to, to him being a D coordinator or whatever, taking a year off, I believe him. I know a lot of people put misinformation out there for a lot of things. I believe him. He seems like a guy that is just beaten and tired. He looks like he is just, I mean, if I were him, I'd take time off. He doesn't need the money. Go right back into the grind, especially in Philadelphia. So I absolutely believe, I think he's going to take a year off. But, uh, but then again, that leads me to my next point. We all might be taking a year off. Now, you've seen it's still coming out recently with the labor stuff. And gee, you gotta, you gotta explain this to me. When I see the owners and Goodell and D. Smith and everyone's talking to the media about this and that, talk to each other. What are you, what are you telling me this for? You have, a, you have a, the golden goose. I mean, the NFL is huge, and you guys are playing with it. Why, well, why would you lock yourself in a room and figure it out? Well, I think right now, you know, they, they are going to play chicken right now. They're going to play chicken, and they are playing the game by talking to the media. They're really not trying to negotiate, uh, and, I, and they're not interested in, in, uh, in, in, in getting a deal done uh, right now, and they're just uh, gesturing and playing games. And uh, I, I think there's going to be a work stoppage. I'm pretty, you know, uh, I, I'm not, I don't think that necessarily they're going to miss games. But I think that March 4th, you can pretty much hang it up. They're not going to get anything done by March 4th with, with all the billions of dollars on the line. and you know, uh, Because I can hear the owners, and some of them have said, we're willing to lose this season to get that thing changed. So once they start talking that. Uh, and, and so then the players come out and say, well, we're willing to uh, extend the 2006 deal. And then Kevin Mawai says, boy, we really had a sweet deal in 06. Well, why would you say that? Now the owners are going to be like, oh, I'm going to take back what's ours then. I mean, of course the players want to extend that deal. It was a pretty good deal for the players. Uh, so, I mean, the owners aren't going to be like, oh, yeah, let's give them another one. So, I, I don't know. Uh, Bob, Jay, do you guys see, do you see this getting done anytime soon, either before March 4th or at least before the game starts, at the very least before the game starts? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say, I mean, gee, I, I think I tend to agree with you. I don't know that it's going to be done by, by March 4th per se, but I wish everyone would stop it. I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to be naive. There's going to be football next year. Maybe, I mean, maybe, they, maybe I am naive. I don't know. But, if they, I mean, just look at the AFC and AFC championship games. I mean, they put up record numbers. Now, granted, a lot of that had to do with the Steelers, who are arguably one of the most popular teams across the country and playing the Jets, a large market. But numbers are numbers. They are what they are. And this, this frame, the, the NFL is more popular now, and it's penetrating more homes now than it ever has. So I think at the end of the day, I mean, when we want to talk about billions of dollars on the table, that's the exact reason why there, it may be delayed a little bit past March 4th. 
but also why there will be football next season. I mean, these guys aren't dumb. At the end of the day, they're still businessmen, and, uh, and well, it's good business if there's NFL talent. On well, the I'll tell you, they're very proud men, though, and uh, I hope this doesn't happen where, where somebody lets pride and something somebody says to make it let it get personal where it's not business. That's the thing to concern yourself uh, and that I'm concerned about is that as long as they know it's business and they're looking at, look, we're not in business to lose money, as long as they're looking at it that way, uh, then I think you'll have the cooler heads will prevail. But if they get in there, and I'll tell you the way a lot of the owners are, these guys are not, they're used to getting things their way. They're, they're not used to having to negotiate with people uh, without having a, them in a headlock. That's the way they negotiate. They get, get you in the headlock, and they ask you, well, do you give? You know, that's, that's what they see as a negotiation. Now, if the, uh, the players try to stand up against them and, and it gets personal, then, you know, you could have some owners say, okay, well, you know what? We're shutting it down, you know. But I, I don't think that's going to happen because there's so much money involved. And they already have. And, see, this is the thing that, that, that you guys could think about and, and tell me what you think, which is, a lot of these newer owners have huge debt service, see? And uh, the older owners, they're, they're, they're like fat cats. They're just putting money in their pocket. But these guys that have built, that bought teams for hundreds of millions of dollars, and then they've got a stadium that they built and all that. See, they could be in, in the tank and where they're really not making money on the team. They're really losing money on the team. And... Uh, even though the, the the team is going up and appreciating it and everything, those are the guys to keep an eye on. The newer owners, the the older owners, you know, they're fat cats. They, they, you know, those old uh, uh, families, they've made a fortune on these teams, and they're making more of a fortune if they don't have a huge debt service. You know, you're making so many millions of dollars every year that you know. Well, how many that's, new that's owners are there, really? Because it's not easy to buy a team, not, not just from a financial standpoint, but you've got to get approved and all this stuff. It's pretty well, new well, let's, in the last yeah. five years, five, ten years. Let, let's so, think of some of the newer owners. Who are some of the newer owners? Let's say, uh, okay. Ziggy Wilf. Ziggy Wilf in Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. All right. And you know, he's like late 90s. Okay, he, he's still trying to get that stadium built up there, see? He, he's not making a huge killing because he doesn't have those, those boxes you know, uh, if you're like the Eagles and you're making, you got those luxury boxes and all the other money, see, the Eagles are making a killing, see. Oh, yeah, they're a cash cow. you kidding me? Yeah, they're, they're making a killing. Now, uh, you know, uh, Ziggy Wealth, is, he's, not, he's not putting a lot of the money in his pocket. Uh, who else do we have as an uh, owner that recently bought the team? Um, Stephen Ross in Miami. Okay, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, well, uh, there was an ownership uh, shift in St. Louis. Okay. Cronky. Okay. There's, not, there's really not many because it's just, it's, you know, why, you have to have a real reason to sell an NFL team. I mean, they're worth uh, tons of money. That's true. And then you got, I mean, the Jags in Carolina, I mean, that's, they're about 16 years old, 15 years old. Uh, Weaver and, um, who's in Carolina? What's his name? Richardson. Richardson's? Yeah, Richardson. Yeah, uh, Richardson, you're right. So you got Bob McNair in Houston. 2002. Now that's pretty uh, recent. You know that uh, that that he's paying a big, he's paying a large debt service. He had to borrow a lot of money. See. So you think that these few are going to be the ones that are the problems? Well, it, it depends on where they are financially. You know, if anybody is, you know, uh, that 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 their things are tight. 
then they're going to be more, more apt to say, you know what, we got to get a new deal. This, this thing is, we're paying these players too much money. So, True, but they're also the ones that can use the immediate revenue before they slide farther into debt. That's true. That's true, but, you know, but they could be the kind where they say, look, we'll take the hit now, and, and we want to make this, uh, you know, stronger, you know, in case they want to sell the team or something. But they, they want to make the, the, uh, the business model stronger and everything. But, you know. When did Blank buy the Falcons? He's a relatively new owner. Yeah, I, I hear he's got a lot, a lot of money, though. Yeah, but he's the, I was going to say, he built Home Depot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he doesn't necessarily count. But uh, look, we'll, we'll get into this more on the other side. We've got to take a quick break here on GCOB in the house and VoiceAmericaSports.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, we're back talking some Eagles, talking some NFL labor issues. We probably should mention that there's a game being played in about a week. That's uh, kind of important. Uh, so I want to get your thoughts on the Super Bowl here. we got Steelers, we got Packers, two very, very good teams. Obviously, it's the Super Bowl. Uh, but we do have Super Bowls sometimes where you're like, eh, you know, the Bears got in there in 06. You're like, eh, it's Rex Gross. Eh. But these are two very, very good teams. 
I, I look at the Packers and they have a. They're just very, very strong. But I'm having a tough time picking. I can't pick against the Steelers right now. I mean, they are. They are a very, very solid team. Uh, their offensive line is really not very good, and it just got a lot worse. I don't think there's any way remotely Marquise Pouncey plays in this game. And that's a big deal. I mean, they couldn't even get the, the center quarterback exchange all right. I mean, I, I, I'm the Steelers. I practiced that for two weeks straight. But this is not a very good offensive line to begin with. So that hurts them in my eyes. But think about it. They won with a bad offensive line in 08. That line was just as bad. I mean, anybody taking the Packers? Anybody? Uh, I think I am. Uh, all right, Bob. Why? Uh, I a lot because of what you just said with Pouncey going down. That Ligurski, like you said, couldn't even get the the snap down. I mean, you saw on some of the replays, he wasn't even turning the ball to give it to Robert. <laughs> I mean, this guy was freaked out. And now he's going to have to play in the Super Bowl against B.J. Raji, who's an yeah. absolute mauler. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have a Packers defense, very disciplined. They're going to know how to stop Roethlisberger, which is you stay in your rush lanes, don't let him escape the pocket. You keep Roethlisberger in the pocket, he won't beat you. Not only will he not beat you, he'll give you the ball. So uh, they're going to keep him in the pocket, I think, force mistakes from him, and then uh, I don't think the Packers deal will be able to stop or slow down Aaron Rodgers enough. Wow, that's harsh on Big Ben there. Yeah, I think you uh, – I mean, I – in all reality, I think you're selling the big man short. And all, and I'm just being honest. I don't. I don't. You think, you know, the 31 other teams just said, "Well, just kind of contain him. He won't beat you." I mean, what does Ben do? He wins. Doesn't matter if it's regular season or the postseason. He wins. He wins with help, though, Jay. He wins with Palomalo and Harrison make big, 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 big plays. That. That's fair. Look at his numbers. Look, Look at, at his, his numbers. numbers. The 35 quarterback rating he had last week. I mean, he He's almost threw a game away. Whoa, 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 okay. Bob, Bob, if they could have tackled no. Mendenhall. Oh, no, Bob, no, hold on. You know what? And I and I read your stuff. I know you're good, but you're obviously smoking a pipe right now, dude. Because <laughs> last week he didn't have to throw the ball. There's a big difference between... And if he has to throw the ball, if he has to throw the ball from the pocket, they will lose. He did not... Well, I'm, I'm writing this down. Both of you, I'm writing this down. Let me get my point across. I'm, uh, <laughs> he didn't have to throw the ball last week. And in the five or six plays that determine every game, they put it in his hands, he picked up a third down, he converted a first down, he did whatever he needed to do, and they won. He didn't have to throw the ball 20 times last week. Point taken, but, and that's what I'm saying. If he does have to throw the ball, which he will against the pack, they will lose. They will keep him in the pocket, and I, I don't think there's any way that he can beat that Packers defense from the pocket. I don't understand. I, what, how did he, did he, I guess he didn't beat the Ravens. I guess he hasn't beaten any good defenses this year. And, and trust me, I, I'm not sitting here saying, well, actually I am. I mean, I just, I've always <laughs> argued I think Ben is highly underrated. Just, I think he's just highly natural. overrated. I think he's just the guy who rises the team. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's a good quarterback, but he's not an elite quarterback. He's not on Brady's level or Manning's level or Breeze's level. But how he ain't there. That? How can you say that? I, I mean, can uh, you now, justify that for now, 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 if I could jump in there, I, I would agree Play with Bob. Referee, G. I, I, I don't think that he's on their level. I think, I think he's a very good quarterback. But see, he doesn't have to carry that team because look at their, look at their defense. How they always are there. Uh, that defense is so strong. That defense can score, and so it's it's different from uh, you know being Manning or Brady, where. You know, your defense could give up 30 points. You know, your defense could give up 25 points, and, you you know, 
and, and they uh, get dominated. But for the most part, that Pittsburgh defense is so strong. And the running game, they don't ask as much of Ben as those other guys ask. I Meaning, like, like, like you said, which is they come out, run the ball 20-some times in the first half, the defense plays strong, and Ben throws a pick and, and throws a couple other balls away, and, and nobody's sweating, nobody's going like, oh, Manning. You know, Manning plays like that, and Brady plays like that, their team is going to lose. That's what I'm saying, though, G. Like, you're, you're, you're almost you're preaching my story here because I feel like the national media, whoever, is just they're not doing their homework. Look at the numbers. They don't rush the ball. They're, they're not one of the – if you look at how many 100-yard rushers they had this year, there's none. Mendenhall did not rush for 100 yards maybe, maybe four times, three times all year. They, in terms of attempts per game and rushing yards per game, they're like 20th in the league. I understand that they have the capability to. What, okay, what about the defense? What about the defense? No, I'll give you the de- no, I'll give you the defense, and that's pretty much that's the for the whole argument that everyone says, oh, to win championships, you got to run the ball, you got to play defense. Well, guess what? The two teams that are playing right now, they didn't run the ball at all. They're they running the ball run now, the ball. though, is the point. Oh, just like both? the just like the Colts did in '06, no yeah. one thought they were going to get as far as they did because they had no running game and they couldn't stop the run, but they did it in the playoffs. And that's what counts. That's what the Packers are doing now. Oh, well, here's a question for everybody. We all, I think we all know the, the true answer to this, but I'm going to ask if it, if it should be the case. If, if the Steelers win this game, you could probably punch his ticket to the hall. Now, Bob's going to disagree with that. I'm going to disagree with that because he was lousy in one of those Super Bowls. Mm. Pittsburgh's teams have won those, but we know how everybody says, oh, the quarterback won it. It was Donovan lost and Big Ben won or whatever it is. But can we agree at three Super Bowls he's going to be in? Plunkett's yeah, going to be I, I, think, I think he is going to be in, but, but you made the good point, which is, you know, how could you go, you know, and give a guy credit? Now, yes, they won the Super Bowl, but the guy throws two interceptions. He's got a quarterback rating of 30 in the game, and he, they, basically take the ball, they basically take the ball out of his hands, and they let, uh, uh, who was it, whoever, <laughs> Hines threw the touchdown. Or he no, the Antoine Randall L. <laughs> uh, uh, Randall L. threw the touchdown. I mean, but at the same time, he was on the team. Now, I do give Ben credit in that he he will make things happen, especially with that team. He fits because he will make the throw at the end of the game. He will extend the play, and he will kill you with that. But but I don't think if he had to come out and carry the team with a so-so defense. Exactly. And no running game and everything. You know, I don't know they could because he doesn't have the um, – he doesn't get the ball out of his hands the way you would have to. No, he holds it. He holds well, it. Hold on. Let's – let's. Uh, gee, first of all, I understand what you guys are saying. He had a bad Super Bowl. His first Super Bowl was bad. Okay, first of all, he was young. But let's not forget the AFC Championship. Whoa, 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 whoa. See, that, that's irrelevant. No, it's what, not irrelevant. It's not. Was, Hold on, let me finish. Wait, wait, wait. wait. It's not irrelevant, though. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, me... Was Brady young? Was Brady young when he played? He won his first Super Bowl. Was he young or was he inexperienced? I mean, was he? Yeah, young he was young. Right. He was only in what third year? Second was he year. Young? Second, right? Second year. He was a rookie in 2000. Yeah, yeah you're right. Second. So my anyway, my point was this. Uh, fair enough. If you want, if we want to say it's irrelevant, that's fine. But what we can say is irrelevant is the fact that he threw for like 300 some yards and four whatever touchdowns in the AFC Championship game against Denver. Just to get oh, he helped them get there. And let's yeah, not, he helped not forget he, that this Packer defense. Granted, last year they were terrible, 
but he still threw for 500 damn yards. So it's not like he can't do it. I'm not saying that Ben – I'm not saying he's no good. I'm saying he's a good quarterback. I'm just saying I wouldn't put him with Brady and Manny. That's what I'm saying. Exactly, he, yeah. You know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying he's not, he's not a very good quarterback. I'm not saying that. See, I'm not saying he's not a very good quarterback. I'm just saying that those guys are asked to carry their team every week. Okay? That's what – you know, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that Ben could come out, you know, and, and, and be messing around for a half and, and they're down six to nothing. I mean, come on. Or, 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 or you know, like, okay, uh, in that championship game against the Ravens, Palomalu picks the ball off and runs it in. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. In, the Super, in the Super Bowl, the one they won, they're, they're getting ready to go in at half, really down by a couple scores. Harrison picks the ball off and runs in for a touchdown. One of the biggest okay. plays in any single Super Bowl game, I'll tell you that. Let me yeah. just put I mean, it, let me put it in a nutshell. Because I was you know, I've gone one eighty, to be honest with you, G. If this was, you know, two years ago, I'm completely agreeing with you. I, I was always a Ben hater in the beginning for the exact I, I understand it. See, that's where you get me wrong. I'm not saying you're no, not I'm, a very good quarterback. I'm just I'm not saying you are. No no no, I'm putting this on me. I'm saying me. I was a Ben hater. I'm not saying you are at all. I was. The majority, it was the majority because of all the Pittsburgh obnoxious fans. You know that they don't. You know, you know what I mean. So I, then I just I tried to take it with a grain of salt. I started watching, and I'll be damned if every time they called upon him, if, he doesn't have to put it on his shoulders. But when they ask him to, he does. And the difference yeah. is that they, Brady has to, Manning has yeah. to. In Pittsburgh, he doesn't have to, but that doesn't mean that I think he can't. Now, now, and, and, now, I, I, now I give that to you, and like I said. He, the way he does, he spin plays and all that. It's just that he can go out like, uh, like I said, uh, he can go out, throw a couple interceptions, and the, and the Pittsburgh they're not even reacting because they're kicking your butt in these yeah. other areas. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and um, and uh, you know they're a better they're a better team because of that. But and, and I'll uh, say this too: in defensive Ben, uh, he is, and Bob, you got to admit this: he he just does not come out of games. That guy takes a beating. You can blame it on him for holding the ball. That's fine. Mm. He does hold the ball. He gets away with it, though. That's just yeah. his game at this point. Oh, he's a tough he's guy. I mean, I don't think we're down. disputing that either. He's he's a tough son of a gun. But, I mean, you really think that if, you know, let's say uh, Rodgers comes out, throws two quick scores, they're down 14 nothing. Uh, the running game's not working. Ben has to throw the ball 35, 40 times for them to win. Does anyone have faith that he can do that and win I do, Bob, the I, game? I don't. I'm not, I'm not saying it's likely. I'm saying he can. He can do that. Yeah. Yeah, he, Man, I'm he putting can. everything he's, on. He's There's no way. I don't think he'll do it against that defense, but I think he's capable of it, you know, because he's shown that he can. Yeah, now, I, will, I will give Ben this, and I'm, I'm kind of arguing against myself. I don't think Brady and Manning would be as successful behind that line as Ben is. So that's a terrible line. Thank you. Thank you. I agree completely. And, and so from that standpoint, I will give Ben that because that's a terrible line he's playing behind. But what about, do you think if, if Ben was uh, had all, the entire offense put on him, you know, a la McNabb, the entire time he was in Philly, you think he could be a productive quarterback like that? No, he, yeah, he would be productive. He would be a productive quarterback. I think he – well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, that's hard to say because – Pittsburgh always has talent. I mean, they're, they're a good organization. You see they went out. They, 
you know, you thought they were going to be missing, like, homes. They go out and get get some receivers that can produce. I mean, mm-hmm. so I got to give him that. So um, if he didn't have guys to throw the ball to, uh, he would be in trouble. But, um, but, but I will give it to him that he's very tough. He's been able to produce behind a horrible line. And he's so tough and, and so, uh, you know, so strong and so tough that you don't even know he's getting the crap knocked out of him all the time. No, he doesn't show it. And we got to take a break. But And if he wins this game, I'm telling you, whether we like it or not, he's going to the hall. I think we all know yeah. that. But yeah. we will finish sure. up our discussion on the Super Bowl when we come right back. This is T. Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Get ready for a show that's going to take it to the next level of sports talk. Get ready for Sean Salisbury, unfiltered. He's got 12 years of broadcast experience as an analyst for ESPN SportsCenter and NFL Live. And he has 10 years experience as a player with the Seahawks, Colts, Vikings, and Chargers, as well as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of the CFL. You'll hear the truth and not the sidelines. Sean Salisbury, unfiltered. Is not for the faint of heart. Tune in every weekday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to garycobb at aol.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. Back talking more Super Bowl here on G. Cobb in the house. I am Michael Warren, along with G. Cobb, Jason Ashworth. Bob Cunningham, and uh, we obviously had a little bit of a difference of opinion on Big Ben. So let's look at the other side now, because his counterpart this uh, this coming week is getting a lot of praise too. Is it early for that, or because uh, it was his first playoff game that he won was this year? Um, is Aaron Rodgers a little overhyped right now? Do we need to see more? I mean, a lot of people point to the fact that he really, after the quick start in um, Chicago, really didn't play well the rest of that game. That concern anybody? Yeah, no, he's yeah, pretty... it concerned me. Yep. It does. It, it, it didn't. 
per se concern me, and I don't think to answer your question to get right to it, I don't think he's you know we're rushing to give this guy any undue praise. I mean, because he's been doing that for the last couple of years. He's been a pretty damn solid quarterback, and he hasn't necessarily been on the best teams, um, but he's been a solid quarterback. And yeah, he just got his first win, but I mean, it was a tough win on the road. Um, and anyway, he, <laughs> he just sliced up Atlanta, and then got the yeah, win last bad. week in the championship game. So I, I mean, I think all the praise he's getting, he's deserved. But yeah, he struggled a little bit last week. Chicago's got a good defense. Well, you know, the thing I thought about um, Aaron, and the thing that bothered me was that I, that I, I do think he's very good. Okay, I think he the sky is the limit for this for this kid. But the thing I think about Aaron is I didn't like the way he got sloppy there. I mean. Uh, you know those two picks that he threw. Come on, come on! You're better than that. You shouldn't be throwing those picks because they were like unforced. And one of the ones he doesn't see uh, Erlacher sitting right there in the middle of the field, big as can be. You know he throws the ball right to him. Oh my goodness! Anyway, <laughs> as big as he is, I can't believe he got tackled by Rogers too. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and and then you know the other thing, the other one where he threw the ball down at um guy's ankle it was an easy throw it wasn't where he was rushed so my point is that i think rogers is so good that he can't get lackadaisical i thought that entire packers team got lackadaisical and they didn't put the bears away like they should have and they can't play like that against the steelers they're going to have to play a full game they're good enough to beat the steelers but it's going to take 60 minutes of quality focus because he can't be turning the ball over against them how and how bad do they have to hurt big ben before he doesn't come out in the second half. Probably a lot worse. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I would say it's going it's to take a lot more than uh, what they, what they gave the, 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 the They gave him a hangnail, and he was like, oh, I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> now, you know what I saw something? Do you guys think there's any chance? I mean, I, I do believe he's hurt. I, I do think he, Do you think Lovey said, screw this, because he's playing? He was playing terribly. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I, an I, excuse to me. You, I, I almost felt like that too, and then so then I do feel kind of bad for Jay. If everyone's questioning his toughness, when he really got yanked because he wasn't playing well, it was probably a combination of both. Well, you know, you probably you probably making a good point because I, I don't think that uh, that Lovey probably came forward and they really didn't mean it to be that way, but they really probably said, yeah, you know what, sit him down. You know, and he's hurt. You know, he's hurt because he wasn't playing well, and so I think that's a good point. Uh, because, uh, you know, uh, Brian Baldinger was just was showing some of the throws he was missing. Oh, it was terrible. It was, it was who's terrible. Really, who's really going to come out during the week and be like, hey, 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 I'm not a punk. I was just stinking up the joint. No, I mean, yeah. that's that, that is a good point, but I'll, the reason I, I think I disagree with that is simply because maybe you do want to sit him. I mean, I think sitting him after only one half is a little premature, but let's just say maybe you want to sit him, right? And you either want to hate see what your backup can give you, or A, deliver a message to him, right? And he obviously needs to get his, uh, his act together. So you bring in Collins, and obviously it didn't take long to see that Collins wasn't going to give you much, right? <laughs> at, that oh, point, either, at that point, you either put Cutler back in, but the minute you bring Haney in, Cutler's done. He's done. Yeah. He's not even at Well, why did they bring him in at the end of the third quarter? That was That's, that's bad. It didn't make sense. And that's, and that's kind of why I'm saying... I don't know if it was that he was stinking up the joint because when Collins came in, he was stinking up the joint. And I don't oh, think they all sideline thought, oh, well, you know, yeah, Haney will give us a better option than, all two, than the other two. So I think, I mean, you know, you know what you follow what I'm saying? But 
find out if Charles Tillman can play quarterback. Yeah, you know, you, you know, know what's funny is I don't think it was that bad. Tell me if I'm incorrect here. I believe the first couple plays that Haney ran, which were in the third quarter, were handoffs. That's exactly what yeah. I was just about to say. Yeah. Why wouldn't That's you let Tom? Right. I, put me in there. I'll hand the ball off. Yeah. At least Cutler's let the Packers think that maybe Cutler's coming back. Yeah. It may no, you're right, Bob. I thought the same thing. We kept thinking that Cutler might come back. Yeah. But then when they had him take the first snap, it was like, oh, okay, we got this guy for the rest of the game. I mean, yeah. at least keep it in the back of their mind. You know, I'd, I didn't understand that at all, especially, like you said, when he came in and handed off, my head almost exploded. I was like, this is <laughs> This is yeah, a catastrophe. I, I thought that, uh, you could have run the Wildcat. Lovey made a mistake. You know, he'll probably try to deny it, but he, he made a mistake. No, no question about that, because you, you don't, you wouldn't want to put yourself in that kind of situation. Nope. Then you're only down fourteen. Yeah. It would have been disastrous. Disastrous. If it wasn't for Roger tackle, they only would have been down seven. Now let's say Erlacher gets in the end zone, right? You think Cutler comes out and he does start the second half? Well, he did start the second half. What do you think? I mean, he plays for that pain a little more if they're only down seven. We don't know the extent of the injury. We never will. And this is one of the things that I thought at first, especially, well, was so unfair to Cutler. It's at that point, no one knew the extent of the injury, and they're all bashing him. No one knew. And everybody's pain, pain threshold is different. I'm not, I can't knock the guy. He played with undiagnosed diabetes for a year. I got uh, you know, not everyone's Allen Iverson who can take a baseball bat to the head and still go out and play the next day. Okay, all right, fine. So, and gee, you would know this. I mean, you played the game, but let me just ask you this. In a game where the quarterback is the franchise, it's all your money's invested. I've never seen a quarterback go down where it's an apparent MCL, ACL, PCL. I don't care if you sprained your pinky toe. All right, whenever there's, there's anything going on and he's not playing, all right, you're off. You're off that ankle. You're off that knee. You're off that whatever. And, I mean, you're back. You're getting your MRIs. You're not walking off the damn field, first of all. You're not walking into the tunnel, first of all. You're on a cart. There was, nobody was looking at him. Nobody was testing him. There was nothing on his knee. There was no ice. There wasn't even a damn bag of ice. <laughs> something yeah. tells me that there's obviously something wrong with the guy. Well, I've never you know, seen the whole franchise so lack of day school about an apparent injury. Well, that's the thing that everybody, you know, people afterwards were saying, that they handled it. So handled it wrong, and that was really the problem, is the fact that they handled it wrong, you know. Um, if they had to let everybody know, hey, he's got this injury and he's done for the day, but if you just got the guy over there walking around on the sidelines, sitting there like somebody took his his, his puppy, you know, then, then you know, people are going to say, well, what is he, pouting? What, what, you know, what's going on, you know? Uh, what, did he get yanked or... Oh, oh, me, oh, so now he, what is he, he took himself out of the game? Nobody knew, and that's what left the door open, and really, that's, that's really the, um, the Bears mishandled the whole thing, really. They, they absolutely mishandled the whole thing, I agree with you, Jake. We are coming up on the close here, but I want to get Super Bowl predictions. Bob, you still with the Packers, or did you change your mind after arguing with Jason about Big Ben? Uh, 27-17, Pack. 27-17, Pack. Jake? I'm putting $100 on the Steelers because that way if they win, I win money, and if they lose, it was worth 100 bucks. I'll take, I mean, I'm not giving you a score. I'm just I'll, I'm taking the <laughs> I used to do that with a Giants friend of mine. Uh, all right, so, you, so you, you're, you're noncommittal then. You sound like me. That's not fair. You know, no, it's, I, I have a whole other week. I haven't even, you know, oh. I haven't myself to stare at it yet. So everyone's going to tune in next week for the highly anticipated Super Bowl pick of Jason Ashford. <laughs> <laughs> G, what are you thinking? Because I've got to give well, you credit, I'm, G. I'm, 
Gee, I got to give you credit. You were one of the few people, other than Phil Simms, that picked the Giants to beat the Patriots legitimately and not just for, you know, look at me. I'm, I'm the one guy picking the Giants. So your Super Bowl pick is very important here. Well, you know, I'm going to take the pack. You know, I, I think oh. that, um, you know, I, 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 of course, you know, the key is going to be Rodgers because uh, they're probably going to put some licks on Rodgers, and I don't know how well he's going to be able to handle it. But I think that the Packers, uh, they, haven't, they haven't played their best game yet. See, that's the thing. No. Is they've got, I think they have more talent than Pittsburgh, uh, but they've got to play up to it. Um, but, but I think it's going to be a tight game. I think it's going to go into the fourth quarter. It's going to be up for grabs. But I'm, I'm going to go with the Pack uh, because of some of that talent and especially the talent they have defensively. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to say Pack 24 and uh, the Steelers 23. All right, I'm thinking uh, this is – I got great news for Packers fans. I, I'm picking the Steelers. <laughs> and I am always, always wrong. But, man, it's tough, though, Bob. I'm with you on this. Raji against Ligurski scares me. That could be big, big problems. If that, remember what Seymour did to uh, Hank Fraley in the Super Bowl? There was nowhere for mm-hmm. Westbrook to go. There was just nowhere for him to run. So that does concern me, but I'm going to stick with the Steelers because I'm just having a tough time betting against them. So I'm thinking 24-20. Steelers, unless that doesn't happen, in which case we'll never bring up this conversation again. So, uh, so but I want to thank everybody for joining us. G Cobb, Bob Cunningham, Jason Ashworth, I'm Micah Warren. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you guys next week on G Cobb in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Everybody, enjoy your weekend. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.